And welcome to another episode of the Sartorian Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance, and it is good to be back uh, kicking off season four of the podcast. In particular, a little break, just get some things in order, make some changes, have some exciting announcements coming up. But let's get right into the download. Now, this week's download is also our tracking out for the week because we are talking about a game that I have been waiting months and months and months for, and that is Star Trek Resurgence. It is currently out now for the PS4, 5, Xbox One, S, X, and PC for the price of $39.99. Now, it's an adventure game from Dramatic Labs, and a lot of the individuals from Dramatic Labs used to work for Telltale Games. So if you're familiar with Telltale Games, they did the Walking Dead series, the Tales from the Borderlands series, they did the uh, Batman, um, Heart of the Whatever, I forget what it was called, and they also did uh, a Guardians of the Galaxy adventure game as well. So if you're familiar, you know it's that sort of point and click and make your, choose your own adventure sort of adventure story and this game focuses on it's an interactive narrative video game that tells an original story set in the era shortly after uh, the end of Star Trek Nemesis which is the last next generation film Uh, it unravels a sinister mystery involving two alien civilizations on the brink of war now I've been told as i'm told as i've read this is about 11 and a half to 12 hour game and i'm about five and a half hours through it at the time of this recording it is a game that i think if you are a star trek fan especially from that era trek but star trek fan in general i think it's one that you're going to absolutely love um it's a little glitchy at times um there's some stuttering going from some of the cutscenes. Uh, to the um, action scenes where you're actually controlling the characters. Uh, it's a bit annoying at times, but there, at the time of this recording, there's a patch coming out soon, which is going to fix a lot of these bugs from what I understand. The voice acting is phenomenal. And I forget the gentleman who they have playing Spock. Yes, Ambassador Spock is in this game and the gentleman playing him sounds near identical to the dear departed Leonard Nimoy. It is a game that I recommend highly. I am enjoying it. I am loving it. It is hard for me not to go back and play it every chance I get because it is that immersive of a Star Trek experience. So if you are into Star Trek like that, and especially if you're into video games, I definitely recommend you pick up Star Trek Resurgence. Now, it's only digital, so you have to buy from whatever digital store. And I'm actually surprised it's not on the Switch. Maybe that version is coming to a later date because I think it would work very well on the Switch. But as of right now, I'm sorry, my Switch owners, uh, you cannot beam up with the rest of us. So that's my take on Star Trek Resurgence. As I said, this is episode one fifty. Insert air horns here. I don't have any air horns, so use them in your mind. So with that, we have a series of giveaways over the next few weeks that we are going to start uh, today at the time of this recording dropping. Uh, We're starting our first 
giveaway over on Instagram. And with that, it is we're giving away a 60 ml bottle of signature rose from Zahar. So make sure you stop over at our Instagram. This uh, giveaway is only going to be going on for the next seven days. And then we have two more giveaways after that. We're giving away two tickets to Chromacon next year in Baltimore in March. And then we're giving away a uh, 10 ml, I think it's 10 ml uh, bottle of Sansanto and Sage by Sav Warfare. So make sure you check it out. And hopefully, you know what? You'll win. So next, we have been doing a lot of interviews. If you've been on the YouTube channel, uh, that hasn't stopped in during our hiatus of uh, the podcast and one of the interviews that I had really really wanted to do it took a while to really get our schedules coordinated but I wanted to talk to Carmela Clutch. Uh, Carmela is an adult entertainer but she's one that I have found to be very fascinating and just for her creative mind and her perspective um, on the business and business in general and growing her brand and we talked about a lot of things from Switch, um, Harry Potter, but also one of the things that always fascinated me was the fact that she has a background in marketing. I always wondered how that really impacted how she moved in the adult industry. So we're going to jump into that interview. And then when we come back, I'm going to have a review of The Flash. What's going on, everybody? It's Webster Style here, the man, the voice, the fragrance. And we're here with a little bit more time with the lovely Carmela Clutch. Carmela, how are you doing today? Thank you for joining me. I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing even better now that I'm on the show. We probably have some time that's not, you know, interrupted by craziness around of, of Exotica, which is always fun, but um, my ADD gets a little crazy and it gets hard to have a conversation sometimes. Totally understand that. I totally understand that. I have a very important question to start off with got a very important answer for you okay <laughs> so what do you plan on your switch but what am i playing on my switch okay right yes. now i'm playing um mario deluxe mario kart deluxe 8 okay. and i am still don't hate me i'm waiting for my hogwarts legacy that was my next question very I know you're a humongous harry potter fan <laughs> coming in july unfortunately i'm traveling most of july so plane time but 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 I will I will have time once once it actually comes out. I pre-ordered it in January, and being that I travel so much, it just didn't make sense for me to get a, a PS5 for just one game. I'm not really into you know the games and stuff like that um, like that much. I'm trying to get into gaming. Understood, understood. Because um, as when I saw them, like I'm like Carmela. I know she's probably has a bead on that switch release, especially since they pushed it back just a little bit compared to the other older systems. Like I know she's on that. So let me ask her, have you played it all on any other systems? I've had so many people offer to let me play on like their PlayStations and whatnot. I have not because I am such, when I say I'm a new user, my mm -hmm. friend, we were trying to watch something on YouTube or whatever. He's like, yeah, grab the remote, hit X. I was like, <laughs> Where's X? I honestly don't know. I honestly, I haven't touched anything other than an Xbox 360 from like way back in the day. So I don't want to taint myself. 
with learning anything or trying anything. I want my first experience to be my genuine experience and I want it to be streamed live for the very first time. So I've been playing Mario Kart because it's something I'm comfortable with and I like racing games. But um, with Harry Potter, uh, since I have such a strong fan base who knows that I love Harry Potter and absolutely geek out on it, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be pretty terrible at it first off, but I'm happy to um, give the exclusive to one of the streaming platforms. And while at XBiz, I spoke with a streaming platform that I may decide to do the debut with them instead of your average Twitch. there's a little bit more freedom on this platform and i'm not gonna lie they are courting me to try and do it <laughs> okay i, I like sunny i was asking to ask you about this, uh the whole twitch thing because i know a little while ago you talked about the possibility of you know starting a twitch channel and i'm not that up on on twitch personally speaking so i'm like i don't know who's on there who's not it's not something i've ever gotten into so i was like i was gonna ask there's amazing talent on there. Um, I know Violet Myers is on. Violet Myers is on there, and I absolutely adore and respect her. I love her work, and she's such an inspiration. So she was the inspiration when I was like, "Hey, I want to go and start streaming." She said, "You should look into Twitch." Um, I like Twitch because it has such an array of of um, users, and it has such a large reach. So it's a great way to connect with fans. Also, Adriana she is an inspiration Twitch user. I mean. She's known for for using Twitch as well as other things. Uh, uh, it's just that this last trip to uh, XBiz, where I was doing some networking and some business to business business contacts, I realized that there might be um, a nice transition in between. There might be I might be able to use something like ePlay, which will appeal to more of my demographic of audience already. Mm-hmm. And- eventually go into Twitch as I become a stronger like gamer per se. Um, I also like I don't want to be I know Twitch you can use other features you don't have to just be gaming but I do a lot of different things I do yoga I jog I cook Um, sometimes (laughs) that's debatable to me but sometimes and I just kind of want to be able to have the freedom to do whatever I want on those platforms so um, we'll, we'll see there's there's still about a month before I have to make my decision. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm curious. I was curious, to, you know, about the Twitch because um, one of the things I, I like about you, um, not even so much as a performer, but even just a person, you have a very engaging personality. And when I talked to you at Exotic, that was one of the things that really got me. Not so much from your the adult side of things, but you know, the comedy stuff, and just really seeing a bit more of your personality, a bit more of who you are, and that's that's what really drew me to you. So I think with something like this would be, a, in my personal opinion, a very good avenue for you to show a different side of yourself and engage oh, with yeah. new and old fans alike. Yeah, I would I would love to. And I mean, that's also something I did take into consideration. Um, I'm not just a adult female star. I I'm into comedy. I am a cinephile. I I'm I love music. I there's so many things that I do, but along with it comes a certain um, not safe, not definitely safe for work, but not not safe for like I guess it's a PG thirteen language. Mm-hmm. I um, I have no little children around me ever, so I have no filter. Right. And, uh, I like to keep it that way. It makes my interviews a lot more interesting and spicy, and it makes my whole life a lot more spicy. So, um, that being said, I do want to make sure that if I do go onto a platform like Twitch, 
or YouTube, I am respectful of their code of conduct and with their, and not that I would be doing anything, but if I'm playing a racing game and someone cuts me off, I'm likely to say shit, damn or fuck. <laughs> it's just going to happen. And if someone comes at me rude, it's likely that I'm going to come back spicy. Yes. If you've watched any of my Instagram stories, someone comes at me I don't in a way I don't like, I get very spicy with them. So, you know, I want to make sure that it's going to be a good fit. It's not so much about what I could do for the platform or what the platform could do for me. It's how well do we mesh? Kind of like if you're doing an interview um, with someone for a job and not just any job, not just a high school job, but like a career, you want to make sure you're fit because you know you're going to be using it for a while and you don't want to have it you know, friction. I know that they don't tend, they tend to not like adult female stars. Understood. Yeah. I, I totally understand that as well. And I, well, I'm not into Twitch like that, but I see, I see the many stories on YouTube of, of people getting kicked off, especially ladies for various reasons. And usually it's nothing either. Instagram is any indication. I'll get likely kicked off for wearing this really happened a ugly sweater and long yoga pants that weren't too tight. Nothing was covered. Nothing was showing beyond my neck and my wrists. And I still got kicked off. So, and I that had, was taken down and flagged. Yeah. Instagram is stupid. Well, <laughs> it's all the same kind of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it's, it's a necessary evil at this point and I'll be very honest. It's an unpopular opinion. Maybe I'm just getting old. I, I used MySpace back in the day. I used Facebook back in the day. Same. If I could, if I could go a week, a month, a year, or for the rest of my life without using social media, so no one knew who the fuck I was or where I was going, and still be able to do what I do now, hell yeah, I would. I would totally take a break from social media. Don't need it. Right. I still remember the days that we go outside and play outside, and if we wanted to know where somebody was, we didn't check to see where the pin was or what are they tapping. <laughs> No, no, no. You know what we did? We looked outside. Whose house has all the bikes lined up? Crystal. Right. I'm going to go out there. You know, that's what I grew up doing. I was the that's last. Shame. And I'm proud of it. <laughs> and so now you, you, you spoke about you being a cinephile. What are some of your favorite? Oh, maybe first, what's your favorite genre? Do you have a favorite genre film? Okay. I will always say that my favorite genre is comedy, but I'll be honest, action and suspense if they if it's done well it's actually uh pretty appealing to me it just can't be action for action's sake if it has a good storyline i'm gonna right. like it. and i always i love funny movies i love to laugh i don't like horror movies you take me on a first date <laughs> to a horror movie you will not have a second one okay in a cute way it's just gonna be like oh that's where we're taking us yeah i'll meet you there and i'll never show up <laughs> like no um I actually just watched two movies last night. Um, the Mother, I, or I think, The Mother with J-Lo on Netflix. Okay, all right. I'm and uh, Tomorrow War. The War, to, The Tomorrow War. Yeah, I, I've seen Tomorrow War. It was good. I was surprised. I was just kind of like, mm, I'm bored. What am I going to watch? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. This. Okay, yeah, that's when it's the best time to watch it. Not when... I don't know. I personally just kind of ripped that movie apart because I thought story-wise it was very nonsensical, but that that was nope. the analytical me. <laughs> really like, this doesn't make sense. Listen, after half a blood and a very long work day and you're really tired and you just kind of want to fall asleep while you're watching TV, not a bad movie. In fact, yeah. I ended up 
staying up to finish the movie, so I, I didn't really go to sleep. So it must That's have been a perfect great. circumstance for that movie. Yeah, yeah it's a good <laughs> circumstance. Yeah, I've got some squishmallows here that I'm like cuddling up on. Yeah, great. <laughs> Now, one of the things I wanted to ask you, kind of shifting away from the movies, because trust me, I could talk movies all oh, yeah. night. One of the things I found absolutely fascinating about you is I remember, and I forget who the interview was with. Um, it was a couple of years ago, but you had mentioned that you have a marketing background. And I love that. And I always wanted to ask you, especially, you know, you're a couple of years in now, and we talk about social media, you are in the process of, of launching your own website. How does that marketing background really aid you? And I want to say compared to your contemporaries, but really aid you in the aid you in the industry of really, you know, growing your brand and, and really expanding. I say that I use my degree now more than I ever have before with any of the various jobs I had, which I had a, a few that were well within marketing. And um, this is the one I use it mostly. I use it m not the social media aspect anyone can do. It's the psychology behind it. Um, it's understanding where what my brand is and how to best project it, which has been a process. I have you guys have watched me go through the process of self-discovery almost because I'm figuring out par parts of myself that I didn't quite understand prior to getting into this industry and it's mostly because I've had to market myself so now I understand the differences between me personally and me as a as a brand and I think that my background really contributed to being able to um, kind of come up with a game plan that would work for me um, most people would be like oh yeah you're a Latina let me just throw you into a bunch of Spanish scenes I don't speak Spanish that doesn't work for me that's not me, you know? Um, a lot of people, oh, we're, you're a MILF, we're just throwing you into all the MILFs. Eh, it doesn't really work for me. You gotta put on a good amount of makeup to make me look like a MILF. And then you pair me to a girl that's six, seven, eight inches taller than me. She doesn't, now we look like sisters, you know? It doesn't, or like friends, it just doesn't. So like, I had to figure out a way to market myself. Um, and I think that having the background in marketing and, and knowing the psychology and learning how to take a want and make it a need, which Steve Jobs was was probably the best kind of epitomize of that. And I'm nowhere near him, but to take something that someone thinks that they want, a fantasy, and turn it into, oh my God, I need to talk to her. I need to DM her. I need a custom from her. I need her to know my name. I need to talk to her at this event. Like to turn that into a need where people, and you can make a living off of it, That that's pretty interesting. Um, now, with great power comes great responsibility. So you've got to learn also to manage that. And again, having a background in marketing and advertising, you take a plethora of ethics classes and philosophy classes. And these are things that, you know, constantly are going through my brain. How am I representing myself to this fan? And where's the line that I'm willing to draw that makes us both comfortable and both happy and both safe? So in a lot of ways, it kind of, my, my background kind of really has helped me through it. I, I, I've always, I'm glad to, I got the chance to finally ask that question. So I always thought it was fascinating. Let me kind of add on to that. I don't know if it's, it's changing anything. From the outside looking in, especially um, 
being as old as I am, I've I've seen shifts in demographics and how things are consumed, um, how adult entertainment is marketed, and I would say probably all the resulting restrictions and closures of the pandemic, again, from the outside looking in, was probably one of the biggest turning points in, in how things were done in the industry since maybe a lot of the scares of the, what, late 90s, early 2000s, maybe with some of the, um, with the really increased mandatory testing and all that stuff. Did your, the psychology of the marketing, did you know your background maybe assist you or aid you in pivoting in navigating the waters of the, the pandemic and the restrictions of, uh, that happened compared to maybe some of your contemporaries, in your opinion? Ooh, um, I think I think having the background in marketing gave me, you know, determination because I know, I've worked marketing campaigns where I've taken a business that was falling apart weeks from bankruptcy and implemented a marketing plan that I dreamt up in college and I worked through it with them and they're doing fine. They're fine now. They're, they're, I wouldn't, I don't know if they're bolstering. I haven't spoken to them in years. It's been like 10 years, but they, they got out of bankruptcy. I had ideas that I, uh, for certain brands in school that I would do projects off of and I turn around and see their direct competitors go ahead and use the same plan I did and make a bunch of money. And I'm like, okay, so I know that I have the ability to do this right. and it's a matter of timing and putting in the work and staying consistent. And I also think that it, it gave me this sense of, well, now I have no marketing team. I have no budget. I have no company behind me to back me up and no one to take the fall. No one's coming to save me. And that became empowering. No one's coming to save me. I can save me. I can do this. I can do this myself. I need to market it. Okay, I need to produce it. Okay, I need to edit it. Okay, I need it. Whatever I need to do, I will do it. And I did it and did it and did it and did it. And I just, I couldn't stop. It's really true what Nipsey says. You really go through every emotion. If you want to succeed in anything, you go through every emotion to try and make it a possibility. I've watched myself do it. I've watched my partner, Maze, do it. And if you don't go through every one of those emotions and still find your way back, then you won't make it. Right. So marketing gave me the perseverance that I needed, the determination and the, the will to just be like, nope, I'm stubborn. I'm going to keep doing it. To keep doing it. It's gonna work. Okay. All right. I I am. That was a, an an interesting answer, but it's one that I think speaks to you know many aspects of life and really going out there and like if you really want to make something happen, then you really have to be have that determination. And you're right. You'll go through all those emotions, and you come back to it and just keep working at it, keep going at it. And okay. Now one of the things I'm mentioned before you are working on launching your own official website yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's a, a, a can be a very herculean task but what are you looking to offer with the official Carmela Clutch website compared to you know say OnlyFans or is it more of a collaboration of, of you know that and a little bit extra um, so what I'm planning on doing is I'm either going to do a site, a whole website for myself, or I'll do a Patreon with multiple tiers. Okay. Um, 
probably I'll more than likely I'll make it into a full site because I, I actually just met the people that I needed to meet to make that a possibility. So that's where it's looking. Um, concept goes, there's going to be safe for work stuff and there's going to be not safe for work stuff. It is going to be completely different from my only fans. My only fans is going to be a fan club in the future. I'm talking in the couple of years, this is going to be a, my OnlyFans will be the way that you can contact me and DM me and get all that one-on-one -on -one personal things, get customs and stuff. But my website itself is really going to be a, a love letter to travel. <laughs> it really is. I'm going to, um, do you remember those like travel shows like Samantha Brown? Something like yes. That? Yes. Imagine your favorite porn star or stars go on, you know, um, traveling group, groups and trips and stuff. And they do their content individually or together, whatever, in various beautiful places. Plus, you have the element of travel. I'll go ahead and also include an element of cultural and historical and a nightlife element. Because when I watch TV and I'm watching something that's travel related, I want to see what I can do out there. Right. And fun for people like me. And I don't see anyone on TV like me or my friends. My friends are a lot more fun, I promise. So I really think this is going to be a, a really fun concept. I've spoken to a lot of performers who are so down for it. There's going to be a lot of adventures to be had. And the world is the limit. Hell, if looking the way that Elon is, is having things, fucking Mars will be the limit. <laughs> I, I like the sound of that because I was when I received that information... One of the things that sort of popped into my head again, I'm, I am, this is not where I was 20 years ago as far as having a lot of knowledge, but one of the things I've seen is that a lot of um, performers may, you know, have their own domain, but it simply points back to their OF. And there, a lot of performers don't have a dedicated website like they did, say, in the early to mid 2000s or even late 90s when everybody was really getting into that. And when I sound like that's a, a shift or a th kind of a throwback, but even more so with the premise you you discussed and laid out, I think I think that there's definitely a market for that. I mean, you're the marketing expert, you should know. Uh, but I know even myself and a lot of people, it's like there's more than just what people see and what people consume. And it's beyond it. it. Yeah. I know. You know, what are, what are, <coughs> excuse me, what are our actual lives like after X biz? Where did you go, Carmela, after the X biz awards? Oh, right. I went to an orgy. I'll be honest, I went to an orgy and I fucked until the sun came up, until I physically couldn't lift my vagina anymore. And then I took my happy ass back to my hotel and slept all day. <laughs> Got up the next day and went back to work. So, it is, wow. yeah, you know, it is part of the lifestyle. We work so hard. We sacrifice our privacy, our sense of security sometimes, you know, walking around in public. Mm -hmm. We sacrifice our bodies. I know so many performers who have had knee surgery, back surgery, herniated discs, everything. Oh. Uh, yeah, we sacrifice a lot. A lot of us sacrifice uh, home life, family life. Right. Um, time with our, 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 our families, our kids, our, our loved ones. You know, my friends know I can go and be there for their birthday, but if I get a call from browsers and they're telling me, no, we need you now, my ass is on the next plane. It is what it is. I'm so sorry, but they understand what my goals are and mm -hmm. how I'm creating something 
larger than just my physical body. I'm creating a body of work that will hopefully last and will, you know, generate generational opportunity, not generational wealth, generational opportunity, prosperity, not just here's money for the next couple of years for my nieces and nephews and kids, if I ever have, but here's opportunity for you. And there's, there's something that I've watched that, um, that has been really driving this home to me. I watched a lot of, um, documentaries or by autobiographies, um, and a lot of podcasts. And one of the, one of the talk shows I actually watched was, uh, heart to heart with Kevin Hart. And he sat down with a bunch of different, amazing, amazing, inspirational people. But one of the people was Tyler Perry, which is one of my idols. Um, and he was talking about how ownership is the new everything, right? You know, it's not enough to be the actor in the movie. You need to be the producer. You need to be the writer. You need to be the director. You need to own the movie. And Tyler Perry said, quite frankly, I would rather sell my videos bootleg on the side of the street and own them full out than let someone else change my art, change my work. And so the very first part of my career has always been establishing a brand. That is what I've done. I'm doing that. And I continue to do it. I continue to work with uh, companies because I love, I genuinely love it. But now I'm going to also integrate what I've learned from the companies, the quality of work that I, I've seen I'm going to put it into myself, into my brand, because owning IP or owning your own whatever is better than renting it, isn't it? Mm -hmm. you, you know, I don't think anybody um, outside the industry really looks at it that way. You know, I, you know, you speak about Tyler Perry and, and one of the things that in music, especially the past two, three years, there is this humongous discussion about owning masters. A lot of artists that... Uh, I grew up with and, and you grew up with now that discussion about owning masters or re-recording to own your masters and, and Taylor Swift made it a really a big thing with the whole drama she had and yeah. you know nobody thought about that then but now you see how that IP that 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 your intellectual property that you created is now or was used for so many different things and the actual creators of that got cents on a dollar if that's so now, especially I think in our digital world, that has become more and more important, but also more and more in our overall consciousness. I think that's why you end up seeing so many people, you know, going to YouTube or doing this or using the direct to consumer models, so to speak, like an OnlyFans or something, rather than the major studios because they have direct control over what they put out. They own everything they put out. And I think also, and Tyler's a very good example of that, he hit his audience, like he went to his consumer and his consumer, his main audience then with that stature helped to blow him up and to get him where he is. Cause you know, I'm old enough to remember those bootleg DVDs when I was in <laughs> undergrad in grad school, somehow showing up in my apartment and be watching it. <laughs> or the VHS tapes. Things like OnlyFans, I owe my career to my fans and to my OnlyFans for two reasons. When I first started, nobody wanted to shoot me. Awkward. I don't know if you're a MILF or if you're a babe or I don't know where to put you. You're thick, but you're Latina and you're spicy, but you're but you're also like super Americanized and we don't know what to do with you. You don't have an accent. Ugh, 
can you do an accent? Can you pretend? And, you know, they didn't know what to do with me. I stuck to my OnlyFans. I killed myself over my OnlyFans. I had conversations with my family like this for the first two, three, two, three years, two and a half years. And um, until I could get some support system and, and kind of organize it in, in a way that flowed better for me. Um, and my fa I remember my fans telling me, why aren't you on this company? And how come I can't find you here? And how come you're not, you don't have a scene there? You're from Miami. How come you've never worked with this company and that person? And I'm like, oh no, I've applied, I've called, I've asked agents to represent me. I have, you know, now I have an agent to represent me, you know, and I, I had them, you know, I literally told them when on a live, go subscribe to their stuff, be a paying customer and then demand to see me on there because you're a paying customer. They're going to want to keep you happy, keep you there. So if you're subscribed for $1.99 to Bangrose per month, what does it cost? You know, Carmela Clutch, where is she? I want her on here. Ask Parade. And that's how it happened. That's really how it happened. I am so grateful because without them demanding me, the market wouldn't have shifted. And I came in at a weird time because during this time of shift during COVID and all that, and, and OnlyFans starting to really pop and Beyonce mentioning OnlyFans in her song, all of a sudden people wanted real. People wanted the girl that they grew up next door to and saw her and damn, she looked good in the leggings. They wanted that. That's me. That is literally me. The horny home girl that grew up next to you. That was just like, tomboy you never really thought anything of her and then all of a sudden damn she got a little body on her like that damn she coming home at three o'clock with two guys okay all right you know something like that <laughs> you know um i owe that to the fans i owe that to platforms like OnlyFans, and it's a beautiful tool even though it does also desaturate or sorry oversaturate our market you know, um, there is that that kind of balance thing and finding, you know, professionals that shoot for OnlyFans and are also equally professional as the same way that you would find on set with testing and everything. I told you, you bring up a very good point. This is something I was going to say that I think um, that you appeal, why you appeal to a lot of people is that I wouldn't say you look like the girl next door because it has a whole different connotation. But okay, yeah. you look like somebody Amy, I'm the girl in a different girl. in a different a different life that I would actually approach and ask you out. Like you look like someone who I could see. Like you're a very beautiful woman, but you are a real woman. And I think, and I agree with one of the trends I think with with COVID even before, there has been, in my opinion, again. I'm just have a little outside view of everything. There's been a shift from the sort of exaggerated to a more realistic looking performer, in my opinion, in many respects. Um, and again, there's always a market for everything, but I, I, in my opinion, I feel like there's been more of a shift to women that look real. And one of the things, again, about you, you, you have a real body. You know, you've talked about in, in previous interviews that I've watched about your weight and how people say, oh, you're a little bit too chunky. Oh, you, you lost weight. What's wrong? Like, you have real life 
you go through real life things with your body like anybody else. And that is something that I think many people uh, appreciate uh, with regards to, you know, being a fan, uh, loving you as a performer because you are an attainable fantasy. I'll put it that way. (laughs) Yeah. um, You know, the funny thing is, I, it's so funny. This is literally me in like one of my work outfits. I just got out of the gym. There's still sweat under my boob. Oh my God, Erica's gonna kill. I'm sorry, Erica. I was working out with the trainer, I swear. Traffic, okay, anyways. But yes, I am a very real person. I go out with my friends all the time. Most of the time people don't approach me or don't. I mean, I do get recognized when I do my hair and my makeup and everything. They're, they're like, oh, wow, that is someone that we know her. But what I'm, this, that's how I normally go around. I'm very natural. Um, I've gone back to my hometown and went to the local dive bar with my friends. This was back, uh, I want to say around Thanksgiving. And I'm talking to the bartender, you know, about my age. He's a really handsome guy. And I'm getting drinks, a round of drinks for all of my friends and stuff with, you know, big reunion. Everybody's home for Thanksgiving. So at the end of the day, we all went to the dive bar that, you know, local. And I see everyone from high school and buying around shots. The guy's like, you look so familiar. And I'm in my whole Clark Kemp vibe. I've got glasses on. I don't know if I have them here somewhere. But I have my glasses on and um, my hair is probably in a bun or a ponytail or something like that. And it wasn't until after we left that he had checked. He, I guess he had figured it out. He had checked my Instagram and saw my selfie. And it was clearly me. He messages one of my best friends from back home that he happens to know. Hey, Max is that Carmela? Blah, 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 blah. She's like, oh yeah, that's my friend. That's, you saw her, that was that was her. I knew she looked familiar. Oh my God, is that so-and-so? She grew up here? Oh my God, I had no idea. And, and it's like, yeah, you know, I go out very average looking because one, it's a lot of attention to have on you. And if you're, I'm old enough to understand that not all attention is good attention. And that's a big statement to say. It's big girl pants to say that. You know, because it took me a long time to get to that point, especially in this industry. So, um, yeah, it's I I appreciate that. And I thank you so much for for saying that I am a attainable fantasy because I am a real woman. And I think that there needs to be some love for real women. Look, no shame or hate. And maybe one day, maybe I will have surgery one day. It's total possibility. I work out all the time and, you know, eventually my body's not going to be able to keep up with what. I want to do and I want to look like and at that point it's my prerogative and that's my business but for me to have surgery just for the sake to be a pinup girl for someone else right for myself is one thing for someone else never right there's one other person or one other entity I would ever sacrifice what I want for my body for and that's a if I ever had a child so and that's just me and I'm Anybody who knows me knows that I'm probably going to be the coolest aunt ever, but not a mom right now. <laughs> right. No, I, I don't, and I know you don't take it this way, but I guess anybody listening, I don't want anybody to take it as, uh, you know, there is a, like, that's wrong, right? Look, there's a market for everything. There is, um, you know, things that people, you know, people, one thing about the adult industry and adult entertainment, you can get whatever flavor you feel like any day, <laughs> so to speak. That's- get the flavors to intertwine and it's a great Sunday. <laughs> right. But for a long time, the industry really skewed toward certain body types, regardless of ethnicity. Um, and 
you saw a lot of pressure, especially for the ladies. Well, men really can't get implants. But they can, but that's a different story. Um, you know, you saw the the, pre- the pressure really to, you know, go larger, to get the BBLs, to, to have that, you know, everything to be a bit more exaggerated. And you've seen in the past, and that still happens. And, you know, beauty is beauty, regardless. Right. But you, you've seen a shift really in the past couple of years of, and I'm talking specifically with uh, women of color in this this point, because with some of the, uh, without, as we say in my house, non-melanated, <laughs> uh, yeah. there you've always had that, you know, girl next door type. That that's this has always been the fantasy. So I wouldn't say there's there's been a difference, so to speak. But one of the things I've I've seen, like I said, it, that shift to it where you get a lot more regular bodies where you don't have to be as exaggerated where you're getting a lot more body types as well and they're not just relegated toward uh one sector or one company you've seen a lot of uh especially you say um curvier women across different companies and i think you know that direct consumer model you know talked about before people demanding that people showing that hey you know there is definitely a mark for this the yeah. companies are really recognizing it and, and also for companies to understand that there's not just teen and BBW bodies. Right. There, oh, yeah, there's MILF, yeah, there's BABE, whatever. But there are... Someone the other day had, had mentioned that I was their favorite BBW performer. And I said to them, my love, I am so grateful that, you, that I'm your favorite anything. I'm honored and flattered, but I know many beautiful BBWs in this industry and they would be offended just because I haven't put in the work on their sets in their world it is they have all these beautiful women who deserve that title who've been working towards that title you know I appreciate that you love my voluptuous nature and my body because it helps me really appreciate it myself and and show others how to appreciate it as well but i don't consider myself that just because i know actual women who deserve that title who damn well deserve that title when i mentioned the story to them they were like oh i hope you corrected him i was like absolutely i did don't worry yes i did for virtue of the fact that they would just be like are you kidding me like we work so hard and to have someone that doesn't have the same goals to just come and just snatch it away it's it's kind of so um i think it's very true though there is a market for everyone and everything and everything in between absolutely i mean i i had to get i had to do a refund for somebody because they or i i think i think i ended up doing a second video for them because I didn't have enough cellulite for them. They thought I had more cellulite. Okay. You know, there's a market for everything and everyone. And I really, I really wish that as a younger woman, I understood and knew that every size, every shape, I knew every color, but every size and every shape and everything is beautiful. You find the beauty in it. There's beauty everywhere, all around in all different sizes. It doesn't matter if you're size double zero or a size fucking 18 or 24. It doesn't matter. Right. 
Exactly. Now, there's you talk about something for everybody. I have a question, a burning question to ask you. You brought this up from time to time. Don't let it burn. <laughs> is there an industry definition for what a MILF is? Because when you say you do MILF stuff, I'm like, wait a minute, what? Uh, yeah. You are not what I would classify as a MILF. <laughs> oh my God, no, you're right. Um, So apparently after the age, the ripe old age of like 22, 23, you start falling into the MILF category. And I didn't understand this. Um, so I get booked as a MILF all the time. I am 34 years old. I will be 35 this summer. I am very fortunate. I love the fact, I love my genetics because I, you know, am blessed to look a little younger than what I actually am. And, you know, if you put on the right makeup, I look even younger. And if you put on a lot of makeup, I look even older. And so I can play both sides. Um, it's just kind of, it really challenges me creatively when I have to play a MILF because as a MILF, first off, I'm, I have no children. Right. Second, if I if I did, I'd be screaming right alongside of them. Very <laughs> I am a giant child. I literally have squishmallows all around me, <laughs> you know? Um, I feel like you're as young as you feel and for the most part, other than my body, my spirit feels very young and um, youthful. So it's kind of a challenge when they try and put me into the MILF roles, but I always appreciate a good challenge. I always like a good challenge. Um, I make a great big sister, but <laughs> but mom, uh, that's kind of hard. So I guess it's just the by virtue of the fact of my age and then everybody tells me beyond the age, you look like you've you, you've milked some titties and you you know it looks like I've I've been able to have kids you know I have right. breasts I have a smaller waist I have wide hips I have big butt so it looks like you know some people have even asked me how many kids have you had and I'm like I just I happen to have extra high levels of estrogen and testosterone since I was a child right. and it made me very voluptuous at a very young age at five years old I had full C's I'm not five years old. Five, fifth grade, I had full CDs. At five years old, I had a training bra. So, like, I've been curvy most of my life, and not even in a heavy or overweight way. I've just always had a doop doop right. kind of thing. Yeah. I, I Look, just, it's a gift I, and a curse. <laughs> like, I was curious about that because I'm just no really, but I, you know, I, I, I can understand with that with that explanation. And I mean, I guess with just the body type, that makes sense. But if you actually follow storyline for some of these things, you know, the spicy Latina, I, I remember in one, one scene, a couple of scenes, I've had to flip the table and because it's like the mom that catches the daughter or catches the husband or whatever the fuck. And in those situations where I have to go ahead and amp up the spiciness or like the attitude, it's all too easy for me, so I'll go ahead and do that. I'll, I'll play the MILF. It's okay. It's easy for to play the mean girl. It's not easy for the mean girl to play the nice girl. Understood. Now, I want to ask you a question, maybe get somewhat away from the MILF, but more around this whole thing as far as your brand and expanding, you know, outside of just being an entertainer. You're also doing Triple X Radio? Oh, okay. So that was... <laughs> That was a project that I had started. Unfortunately, it was disbanded a little while ago. I guess that was a, probably an old press release. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, um, it was disbanded a little while ago. I think the um, uh, COVID had started. We had literally started the the project um, maybe a week or two prior to um, COVID shutting everything down in LA. Okay. And we tried to do continue on with uh, virtual, but it just wasn't happening. It was really, really hard. We didn't even know if we were going to have an industry for a while. There was like a whole shutdown. Um, so unfortunately, we had to scrap that project. Who knows? Maybe in the future I will. Um, I would probably take a more Dr. Ruth approach and do it like a um, kind of like Howard Stern meets Dr. Ruth. I don't know if you I'm dating myself here. Do you know Dr. Ruth? Yes, I do. I was about to say to all y'all young folks out there, look up Dr. Ruth. <laughs> Ruth, you're too young to be watching this. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But look her up. It's, she's fucking the tits. She's awesome. Um, I love giving advice like that uh, to friends and family. I get so many people who write on uh, to me on OnlyFans, and I, I half the time feel like I'm giving out an advice column. Not particularly like I, I wouldn't... I'm not a therapist by any stretch of the imagination, but if you have a question about how to better reach an orgasm, I'm pretty sure I can help you do that. <laughs> so I, I kind of want to do something kind of like that and bring on a whole slew of um, my friends, a slew of suits, <laughs> and uh, kind of do a pod show like that, maybe a podcast later in the future. Um, but Triple X Radio was something that was a pet project for a little while, and I definitely um, kind of got the bug for it. Um, I, that's why I love doing these podcasts. I'm trying to understand how they work best and maybe implement that into the future. Who knows, when I'm going on these travel experiences, I might, you know, integrate a podcast into that as well. I, I think that's a really good idea, uh, personally speaking, uh, outside of just, you know, you and your friends talking about your experiences, but even maybe, uh, you know, getting locals or maybe, you know, other individuals that are there and talking to them also. Uh, I think it would be a really good experience for everybody involved and a good one for a listener as well, in my opinion. Yeah. I really love the, the the shows where we get the fans that can call in and ask questions because sometimes they get, they, sometimes they have a really good question that's been burning for the longest time about, you know, this or that. I remember one podcast I did, we had um, a guy call in and he was on a date and he had made it back to his house with the date. He just didn't know how to pull the trigger. And the girl was kind of like, so you want to call the show instead of just... And so we've talked to the girl, we talked to him, and we talked to the girl. We eventually told him to get off the phone and gave her some advice. And I hope they had some crazy sex that She night. came <laughs> back to his house. I know! <laughs> Idaho or something, because he's like, I'm back in my stable in my barn. I'm like, that's a hot accent. Okay, cool. But um, you're kind of missing out on the point. You yeah, got exactly. Back. Go act like animals. Go do the do. No. <laughs> oh, that that's hilarious. That. Oh man. I'm speechless after he called. He called you guys. Okay. Yeah, he's like, I don't know what to do, and she, we're like, we know what you're supposed to do. She's like, I know what you should do. You hear her, sis. <laughs> Dave, a horse ride a cowboy. She about to ride the cowboy. Go, go get rude. Right. Oh God. Oh, good times. I love doing podcasts. I love, especially when, when I can have those fan interactions because it's important to me, at least to make that one-on-one -on -one time, that connection with the fan to get to know them a little bit. 
um, and hopefully for them to get to know me. And I'm hoping that at the end of each of those interactions, whether it be a, a podcast or in person at Exotica, I'm really hoping that every time I get to interact with someone, they can leave with just a little piece of me, a memory, so to speak, of being like, yeah, we laughed about this, or yeah, she joked about that, or yeah, she touched my beard and made me want to like cream myself. <laughs> oh, sorry. Is that too close to home? <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't but, think you know, I had any beer I, when I met you. I'll look out <laughs> next time, though. <laughs> but I mean, you know, like, I, I want to have those experiences. I remember um, I had one fan come up to me and, you know, they were so excited that they were huge Harry Potter fans, too. And she was like, I'm, you like Gryffindor. I'm a Gryffindor. Harry Potter. And I'm like, oh, cool. That's really cool. Like, what's your favorite spell? And we like did some spells together and we like took pictures. It was silly, but it was fun. And I really hope that they can take that memory and be like, wow, I have that that image of her and uh, of how she really is in real life versus the face and the and the like, uh, you know, stuff, you know, I just. Yes. At the end of the day, you always want to like make your impact on the world and leave people with the right impression of you, I guess. Mm -hmm and not just the distorted public figure that everyone else portrays, you know? I totally understand that. I totally understand that. I'm not going to keep you any longer because I know you got a lot of things going on. I appreciate your time. Tell everyone where they can find you on the web. Oh, my God. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you for having me, my love. I really appreciate Thank it. You. I am on Twitter at Carmella underscore Clutch. I'm on OnlyFans, OnlyFans.com slash Clutch VIP. And I have Instagram, it's at Clutched World. That's C-L-U-T-C-H-E-D, World. Um, the only place I DM is OnlyFans. If you're talking to someone on any social media platform, it's not me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've had like five people this week tell me that they got scammed and I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so Crazy. only place I contact people is OnlyFans. That's the only place. Well, thank you, Carmela. I appreciate it. Make sure you check her out, guys. I'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Bye. And that was my interview with Carmela Clutch. I absolutely loved it, as you can see. But let's talk about something that I didn't love. Let's talk about The Flash. Uh, the latest entry in the DCEU, I guess the final entry in the DCEU, um, starring embattled actor Ezra Miller, which had been touted as one of the greatest superhero movies ever done. No, no. Um, I'm going to be short and sweet. I think Ezra Miller sucks as an actor, and this is not just because of The Flash or his personal stuff. Everything I've seen him in, genre-wise, in this case, mostly as Fantastic Beasts, I have not liked him as an actor. I have thought that he just was there. He was vanilla toast or uh, plain toast, or he was just vanilla. Two... I really hate that they may bury into this sort of awkward incel. I, I really hated that. Um, oh, talk about characterizations that really just burn me up. And two, I mean, three, the special effects were not that great at all, especially the opening scene with the building. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. The CGI there was average at best in many places five it was just boring 
I was just waiting for the movie to end. Even Michael Keaton and the nostalgia there couldn't help me because, first of all, they blew their wad with all the cool stuff as far as sayings in the commercials. Uh, second of all, it just, he couldn't help the blandness of this movie. It was soulless, it was boring, and it was just like you couldn't feel this movie. It was just like you're trying to get through. Then they rehashed the whole Zod point. And even then, the special effects looked kind of janky. It was. It really seemed like they had other actors and they put Michael uh, Shannon's face on the mask. It just, it was not a good movie at all. It was not, it was, it was okay at best. And that's on a good day. But it was two hours, 20 minutes of way too long superhero nonsense with no heart no soul and the plot that just i felt was dumb uh and for a movie that utilizes the whole flashpoint story as its core which is one of the greatest flash stories ever one that has defined the character for the past 20 years for them to do it and to utterly fail at it is sad. We've seen this story done at least twice before in the entertainment medium. Once with the movie to Flat, um, Flashpoint movie and then the other with the TV series. And it is sad that now I've dropped off the TV series after season two. Not because it, of the characters but it's episodic television and it was the same rinse repeat every year uh, just with new plot twists but still you got a big bad you fight the big bad you figure out who they are you fight you beat you move on okay great period but the characterizations of the flash the personal interactions were just great and to see this it's just like oh, i'm glad i'm hoping we will never ever see another flash movie again especially with ezra miller as the flash so that's my take on the flash let's talk about the fragrance of the week uh, in this case it is bad boy extreme you're gonna have top notes of ginger and sage heart notes of cocoa absolute and vetiver and then base notes of patchouli and tonka bean now my impressions of this i really enjoy the spicy notes on the top with the ginger and the sage uh, that quickly for me i got more of the vetiver um the initial dry down and then with the patchouli and the tonka bean but as the fragrance really meddled out and became more of a skin scent, that Cocoa Absolute was just phenomenal, especially the way it mixed and melded with the other um, notes of this fragrance. Now, it's not one that I would say lasts eight, nine, ten hours. Uh, again, I only receive a small sample, so I couldn't properly spray and use those samples as like a whiff and that's it. But it's a fragrance that I that really surprised me with how much I liked it because with my initial spray, I did not think I was going to like the fragrance too tough. But as the day went on, as that Cocoa Absolute really started to shine and the combination of the other notes, I really started to enjoy the fragrance and would really uh, like to try more of it uh, in the near future. So that is my take on Bad Boy Extreme by Carolina Herrera. Now, if you want to support us, there are various ways that you can support. We actually have a new sponsor uh, in addition to the others, Basil and Sage Subscription Box. They are a subscription box where they feature all products 
that are, you know, contributed, done by black businesses. They have a men's and a women's box. The current box for the month of June is uh, focused on Juneteenth, which at the time of this recording is tomorrow. And it had a really luscious beard balm, a great beard brush, beard oil, some really cool uh, Juneteenth socks. It was a a box that I think that is more than worth. And it is actually more than worth the 50 bucks uh, that you will be charged for it. And it's one that I, I definitely looking forward to getting next month's box uh, to see what's inside. I, I really enjoy the products and I think you will too. So if you're interested, when you go to the site, make sure you use code Webster style 10 for a discount on your first box. Also become a producer uh, for Patreon. We start out just $1 a month. Uh, with our associate producer role and then you can move up from three to five dollars to uh, the different types of producers producing then executive producer to get you free goodies there as well also you know pete and pedro i love their fragrances they are inspired uh, you know i've talked about villains so many times how much i love it uh, they have that other fragrances there as far as rebel hero and all the rest uh, they're a great deal 50 ml for 50 bucks you can't go wrong with that they all are guaranteed to last all day and to definitely get everyone's attention you can get 10 percent off your first purchase by using the link in the show notes and also if you're looking for an alternative to the traditional energy drinks Check out Dubby, get 10% off your first purchase with the code WebSaman or the link in the show notes. And, you know, your boy's everywhere on the Instagram, TikTok, the YouTube. You can find me every week with my man Brian Sav talking video games over Nerds with the World with the NRW Checkpoint. You can also find me every week with the Kuya, the legend Kuya P and Sean Mongo talking the squared circle wrestling on the kayfabe baby the nrw ring generals podcast every week as well find me on social media instagram webster style sotorian geek twitter webster style tiktok underscore webster style and of course anything and everything that is webster style can be found at websterstyle.com and again drop me an email info at websterstylemagazine.com thank you for your listening ear thank you for your time remember stay safe out there and be blessed. Kill it. Oh. Ooh, I, t- I, I mean, this is me right here. Baby, you see this? Nah, this is... Hold on. Never, I, I mean, I can change. I, I thought... Never mind. Forget it. I'm a Jenny Jenny Miffinny Muffinny Finicky when it comes to the killing spree, aka that's an ensemble. Are you the enemy if you're not defending the presence of Millie in the vicinity without a bow tie? Okay, I might have went over the edge. Besides, I really let them clothes on them legs and thighs. Need to get strong, we can lift them to the sky. The party's off to 12. We got a little time, time, time to get it on. And no fact, I'm the type of pussy on. Choosing what we own. Now it was Tree Green Tuesday. Had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be. White Wednesday? Uh, I don't. Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't wear. Oh, I forget it. Million them heels killing them. But I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bowtie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels looking sharp. Acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. My side remind you it was till on your birthday. Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the risk game for it. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchase. Pick a color scheme that can match the very corset. Get it, get the very cream, get it, get the very cream, get it, make a little scene, cause no 
one man should have all that styling. Take it off, clothes on the floor piling. No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it off and let me see what's under them scenes. Cause no one man should have all that styling. Take it off, clothes on the floor piling. No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it off and let me see what's under them scenes. Let's see what it seems. If it is what it seems. Do it again. Not, chicks be looking thick leggings, you know what I mean? I don't know. Take a hint though, don't try to get me at a moment. No mint though, smoking hot, rocking this pen so thin. Tie hairline, looking like a skin so pimp. No lie, I'm shopping in the utensil. And stroke mental, plain dang homie. I was hoping we could walk out with that bang bang honey. See them plain James honey, them lame brains funny. We tell it bit crazy like that thing came on me. Hey, mommy, look a lady main thing. Want me on the scene, fit popping like a main vein. Running blood color, lips smashing with the hand. Clutch money, holding back. Kinda funny, can you tell me what's the price I got the range Rover? Hang on me when we walking, looking Gucci like that thing sprayed on me. Walking with a limp like an ankle sprang on me. Yeah, I rocked the card again. She don't really want me because no one man should have all that styling. Take it out, clothes on the floor, passing. No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them scenes. No one man should have all that styling. Take it out, clothes on the floor, passing. Styling, take it off, clothes on the floor, piling. No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it off and let me see what's under them scenes. Oh, you wanted to? Oh, I completely read that wrong.